You're listening to Tabletop Arcanum, a podcast dedicated to learning and exploring the hobby of tabletop gaming. Your hosts are Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, so sit back and relax as we talk, discuss, and joke our way through the hobby we love so much. Welcome to Tabletop Arcanum, we're your hosts... Justin and Ricky and we're lucky enough to have Doug back on the show. Welcome back, Doug. I guess you're stuck with me for the weekend. Yeah, you're gonna have yeah. to put up with us. I mean, <laughs> oh, officially we, it's almost three a.m. and uh, yeah, you should all feel real bad for Doug because he's being forced to stay up and talk to us <laughs> about everything, at least for uh, a brief moment. So Gen Con Day One officials Official. over. Yeah, well. We're we're done with it at least. I'm sh- there are still people up playing games, but uh, we've been going since uh, two hours before the convention hall opened. And yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, we got up at six this morning. Yeah, it went. You know what? I'm I'm okay with it. This is the sleep deprivation moment that I'm going to have. Uh, we crammed a lot into day one. Uh, saw a lot, did a lot, mm. and uh, we're pretty tired uh i'm a little worried about my feet and my legs tomorrow morning when i wake up and they won't work anymore but that sounds like a problem for future justin <laughs> absolutely in about four hours i'll figure that one out yeah so um let me think we did we we i had a, a 11 a.m event so we had the hall opens at 10 we saw the opening presentation. We were actually very close to it, so we not only saw it, but we like really heard it. Yeah, we were right up front, um, which is a lot of fun. And uh, Gen Con always kind of comes in with a big bang, and then doors open, and it is a let's go see what we can find, grab, buy, play, demo. Mm-hmm. Um, we were lucky enough to get into Fantasy Flights. Um, that's my personal thing. I, w- yeah. I wanted to get, uh, especially after the in-flight report yesterday. And then the announcement of uh, final, final hour. hour. Yeah. We I both want, got a copy. I wanted to get my hands on that. So um, You picked up a few other things there. Um, I Not just the uh, final hour and the um, Arkham 3rd Edition board game expansion, which is uh, another was like a pre-release. Okay, so other thing. You didn't get a few other just yeah, just two, I literally only got the two things. Yeah, because that's all. I got the I'm one. Not, you got the two. Oh uh, yeah, I'm not looking to like. Yeah, it just Carcosa is going to be around soon. I have that pre-ordered at my local shop, so I'm just going to pick it up there. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, when got our uh, 10 anniversary plaid hat, plaid hats. Plaid hat, plaid hat. We were the plaid hat crew all day. Um, picked up. Uh, I did not get unmatched, but I did get the Bruce Lee because they had a little bit more of that than the actual base game. That was fun. And then I had to get to my uh, Pandemic Survival Tournament, which was really interesting. And like we talked about, I've been practicing for this, and Mm. it was fun. And that was just a blast. We were seventh from the last, so... We did pretty good. Like half the teams were gone before we dropped, but it was um, just a nightmare fuel pandemic of like I wasn't sure what we were going to lose by because we were starting to run out of cubes in two different diseases, and pretty much it was just one outbreak anywhere was enough to just put the nail in the coffin. Mm-hmm. Um, we had another uh, pair of friends that were playing uh, in the match with us. They lasted like four more turns, but they were literally, 
almost literally like the next team out. They just they just happened to last a couple more rounds than we did. Mm. So that was fun. Um, well, you did that. I rated the uh, de- uh, the exhibit hall mm-hmm. significantly more. I picked up Horrified. Um, I also picked up Custom Heroes by AEG Games. Mm-hmm. And just walked around, picked up a few other small things here and there. Um, just had the first day to draw everything in. Um, I know, Doug, you went out. Uh, what did you do uh, yeah, during you, the day? Yeah. yeah. We were all <laughs> being like, uh, you know, money leveraging from our wallets. You didn't do that at the first, at first, did you? Uh, not at first, no. I, I definitely did my own thing. So I had signed up for a couple seminars on uh, DMing as I'm uh, kind of dipping my toes in the waters of being a DM. Yeah. So a couple today, a uh, handful more tomorrow. Uh, just to kind of help get me uh, acquainted with the mm. concept of being a DM and get some tips and tricks. Mm. Right. Did you feel uh, you got a lot out of the uh, seminars that you went to? I did. Um, both about DMing and, and a little bit about Gen Con. So, uh, I liked the, so the first one I went to was 10 a.m. So I had to miss the vendor hall opening because it was uh, in a hotel across the street. Um, but one of the things that they pointed out, and I'll say that this was an 80-person event that was probably about three-quarters full. Okay. And so definitely space if you want definitely to drop space. It. And and the great thing about these events, the, these seminars are pretty much free. So you don't need generic tickets. You don't need to sign mm-hmm. up in advance. Pretty much, if there's one that you want to go to and it's sold out, just go show up. There's a good chance you'll have spa, uh, open spaces to join in. We'll yeah. Just let you in. Mm. Um, we actually had uh, one that just based on timing we had to skip because we didn't get back in time for it. So. Well, you actually. Uh, it, it, double, it double yeah, booked it double for some booked reason. So yeah, I had two. I had a seminar and the pandemic at eleven for some reason, um, and I didn't catch it until it was too late. I'm like, well, I guess I don't go to the seminar. Luckily, like you said, it doesn't cost you anything. But my quote unquote sold seat would be free for someone to walk up and just grab. Exactly, and I missed one myself today too. It was a bit of a combination of losing track of time mm-hmm. and and when I realized. It was past the start time. It was all the way across the convention hall. It was a two-hour seminar, and I was still just making my way through the uh, vendor hall. Yeah. I just kind of decided to skip that one and, and go to the next one. Okay. So. Um, after that, like, I had uh, I had a couple pre-orders I had to pick up after pandemic, so. You went on your own and. I had to kind of forge on my own. I picked up uh, my the Fate Forge. Um, books that I had backed, mm-hmm. plus uh, I had put a pre-order in for some uh, broken tokens because they offer pickup at Gen Con. So if you had your order in like by the first of July, I think uh, I think was the cutoff. You could literally not pay shipping; you just had to get it back yourself. And since mm. we are just close enough to to drive, it's worth it to pick it up. It makes sense. And you listened to me over the past year when I told you I would never carry them again. I was expecting to carry them, which I'm fine with. But my fingers thank you. It probably helps that we... I can get more. We can make it happen. Yeah, but we, we're right across from the... Yeah, we are actually connected opposed to having Airbnb like we did last year. Where we had to figure out seven how, miles away. How, how to get it to the room. Um, yeah, this is, this is much nicer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not going to lie. The Airbnb last year, because uh, Doug, you were with us on that one. Yep. 
it was really nice because it was like it was almost like um, if you go to like Las Vegas and you stay off the strip. Oh, don't get me wrong. The, the house was definitely nice. It was roomy. We had plenty of bedrooms, you know. Gigantic. Yeah. Full of um, armadillos. And stray kittens. And stray kittens. Well, um, but <laughs> they were outside at least. Yeah. They weren't, they weren't a package deal. They weren't supposed to be there. Yeah. We appreciate it. Even them. though we may have tried to take them home with us. Yeah. But just logistically, being here yeah. on site, on the, on the walkway... It air is, conditioned it, while it's you know, hot yeah, out during the day. Yeah, it really helps because it's like, oh, I got these things. <coughs> Let me just run back to the room, drop them off. So, I stopped and got uh, uh, there's a Paizo booth up uh, by one of the hotel mm-hmm. entrances uh, outside the vendor hall. So after my seminar got out at 11, I went up there in Sunland. They open at 10, the same time as the vendor hall. And people already actually, I went, I stopped by it around 9 30 just to see and there was already a line forming so right i swung around got in line afterwards um picked up a couple books mm-hmm. uh actually picked up three books one for me and a couple for a friend and those things are heavy so the core yeah. rule book is 640 pages i think yep so two of those and another few hundred page b-series yeah i wasn't gonna lug that around all day so it was a quick trip over to the hotel just drop off a bunch of dead weight those are beautiful books, though. Yeah, they are. They're the Lux so edition, the, the faux leather with the gold inlay. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, um, last year, I think we didn't go back to the the Airbnb the entire time during the day. But, like, today only, I've probably been up here a good six or seven times just to drop stuff yeah, off. Yeah, it's like three to, times for me. Yeah. Um, and I definitely had to cool off after, like, lugging probably 50 to 60 pounds worth of books <laughs> yeah so yeah and i had one time just to come up here and get off my feet for a few minutes yep charge my phone up yeah and get there, away from the crowd lot, yeah. there's a lot of perks to it we did have a friend last year who had another hotel on the, on the walkway so with those like i have a bag full of games i don't want to carry around me okay we can drop them off I was, yeah if you're not lucky enough to get a, a connected room yourself and you know someone who does definitely yeah talk with them and say hey if I pick up X, Y, Z things, can I, like, stash them in your room for at least, you know, till the end of the day? We have a few friends doing that with us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We have a buddy who's uh, going to be doing X-Wing but wants to do something before and after but doesn't want to go to his hotel room. That's, I want to say it's, like, 15 miles out, something like that. It's like that. a 20-minute drive, yeah. It's a, it's a half-an-hour drive. It's a, it's, a, yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice long drive. So we told him, yeah, just come meet up with us in the morning, drop it off. You can come pick it up when you need it. Mm-hmm. Bring it back in, drop it off, go Make out it work. and do the rest of the day. So, so you know, we we did some of the shopping things like that, um, and definitely uh, we had a four o'clock event, which was the Lord of the Rings LCG. Had some fun with that. That was the uh, Mines of Moria uh, scenario set. Mm-hmm. They were doing the same thing that they did last year with the. Uh, Wizard's Quest and Woodland Realm. Um, Wizard's Quest was the Gen Con, and then the Woodland Realm was the Fellowship event. Mm-hmm. But they're partnered scenario packs, where this one will have um, the counter sets one through fourteen, and then Escape from Casa Doom, which will come out later, will have numbers 15 through 24 and then you literally build your encounter deck out of seven of those different sets so if you have both packs now you can you have like 20 
you have a lot more choices really is what it comes down to to build your custom scenarios um so it was fun uh i definitely had a lot of reminiscing from last year with it mm-hmm. um definitely i think i could get better with deck building but yeah i borrow your deck so i mean yeah we're building three decks out of one card pool that third yeah. deck gets pretty th- so tight. my problem with the game is that you need to be a better deck builder but <laughs> that's neither here nor there um and then uh let's see what was the other thing um so we we, we kind of ran through that pretty quickly because that doesn't really have a timer on it. That was just do the scenario. Did you get a chance to see the uh, that that Marvel miniatures game that I got to see this? the figures? I didn't get a demo. I'm yet. doing the demo sometime tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. I, I swung by the booth earlier and just to see one full setup. Like mm-hmm. it, obviously it's more than what you get in the base game that they were talking about, right. but a full board setup. It looked pretty cool. Yes. Yeah, um, our our friend Tim got to play it, and he probably talked our ear off for a good forty five minutes about how great it was. Right. So I am pretty excited about uh, sitting down and playing it a little bit. Um. Yeah, we picked up some. You know, we kind of cruised the call, looked at promos, got you know, looked at a few other things, and then went and found dinner because that was important. Eating and uh, yeah, eating. Then we they, found a Doug. <laughs> then we found Doug, and <laughs> they did talk about the uh, three two one rule this morning at the at the first seminar oh, I went to. Three two one. You want to hear this one? No. Uh, minimum three hours of sleep. Okay. Two meals, like actual meals, not gummy bears, and one shower every day. I can appreciate that rule. Yeah. I almost did double shower today because after bringing all those books back, I was like dripping. Oh yeah, yeah. I, the, and then it, I, you know, we we you guys keep this this room as an ice cube, <laughs> and so it was like a walk-in freezer, it's and so it was great. really good after hauling all that stuff to to cool off with. Yeah, again, that's minimum. So nothing wrong with taking multiple showers in a day if mm-hmm. if it's getting to you. Yeah. yeah, it is eighty degrees out there, so during the day, if you stand out in the sun for more than a minute, you are drenched i mm-hmm. try to avoid outside during the day as much yeah. as possible but that black party is a lot of fun they've got yes. a lot of food trucks and uh beer out there and i tried something called the tater quest which was uh pizza filled with the, the, hash browns oh my god <laughs> yeah red onions um the, did you find the stranger bacon. things burger yet oh god help me when i do yeah, I really want. I need to figure out where that is. Uh, if, for all you who are not aware, they are selling a Stranger Thing burger at. I don't know if it's at a food truck or one of the restaurants nearby. I don't know. It's two waffles with a burger covered with, uh, topped with peanut butter and jelly. That sounds both amazing and disgusting. <laughs> it sounds so disgustingly amazing. It sounds like something you just have to experience. And either you're going to love it, or it's going to be the one of the most foul things you ever <laughs> put in your mouth. And at least you had that experience. I once. think experience is the right word for that. Yeah. Um, so you picked up the Pathfinder uh, Second Edition books. Yes. Um, and then we sat down and played Pathfinder Second Edition with pre-gen characters because, well, we're here. It's launching. Let's have someone who vaguely, you know, has has at least read some of the rules. And uh, figure that out a little bit. Yeah, that was... That, that was fun. Yeah, I don't know about you guys. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, 
I accidentally done goof during it, and instead of letting us do the final uh, showdown, I just rolled really, 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 really well repeatedly, and okay. our DM rolled really, 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 really bad repeatedly. To be fair, you literally like stealth past the final battle. It's I not a goof. I stealth past the final boss, <laughs> and he's like, "You remember that what you just did that took you guys an hour?" This was worse. Right. So we had fought like a really nasty uh, uh, black pudding fight. Hmm. And then this was supposed to be like, oh, yeah, no, no, there's there's more oozes. And there's alchemists involved. And there's a, ooze, a new ooze every round spawning. I'm like, no, that sounds like the worst thing in the world to deal with. I'm so glad we just kind of sent the rogue ahead. <laughs> I don't know if you realize this or not, but... He skipped stuff during our game because we were yep. running late. Like, he skipped certain parts of our game. Yeah. So he's like, yep. normally you would run into this right now, but we have to make sure to keep on time. We ended up leaving, what, like two hours early? Yeah. Hour and a half. Or hour and a half. Hour and a half? Yeah. Because we skipped that last battle. But yeah, that was you don't know be... it. As a DM, you yeah. just don't know where, yeah. that's, where that... The front end of the session was taking longer than anticipated, so things got cut. Which is fine. And exactly. We were behind schedule at that point. And then all of a sudden we just, you know, skip to the end. Eventually I just get to the point where I'm just like, okay, I rush in. Uh, I'm just going to do all this crazy nonsense for no reason. Yeah. And everyone wanted to stealth behind me all the way down. I'm like, just shh. Yeah. I'm a little disappointed I didn't get to cast Fireball again. But you did once. I did once. I wanted to do it again. I like... I like uh, the the second edition changes. It, was, um, it, it would take some getting used to. Um, I know, Doug, you were saying you really like the, the way they're doing crit successes and crit fails. Yeah, so instead of an automatic, uh, or, or instead of even like a nat 20 being a crit or a potential crit and a nat 1 just being a fumble, it's uh, it gives you a bonus or penalty to your roll, but the actual crit or fumble is based on exceeding or failing by ten or more. Right. So so, so it still is more dependent on your character and how it's built and your bonuses versus just a straight up die roll. So the the example of like your 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 AC or DC that you're trying to hit is fifteen. You will roll your die, add your bonuses. If you get fifteen, you succeed. If you get twenty five, you've crit succeed but yeah. if you get a five or less you've crit failed and if you roll a nat 20 i think you said you get a plus you add up your it, numbers you, you get add a, up your numbers and then you adjust it up a grade exactly so even if so a nat 20 if it would uh have just been a normal success it would automatically jump up to the crit success and um the nat one's the same way like if your bonuses are so high that you would have probably uh, just failed, it will automatically downgrade you. Gen- generally speaking, yeah. Well, um, it's kind of like... So uh, it all depends where those numbers are going to sit and what the DC is. But And he's yeah. like, it doesn't always mean a crit and a failure, or a crit so, succeed and crit failure, but most of the time it will. It's yeah. kind of like when I would try to uh, attack the users, they had such a low AC that just my... Um, yeah, you can just... My modifier... Them. If I got one, I think their AC was 14. Yeah. My my modifier was 13. So if I got one, you would I would hit. You would officially would, succeed 
So it would downgrade it to a failure. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't it wasn't a crit failure. No, it's right. not a fumble. Exactly. exactly. That's a that's a great example of how yeah. that system's working. And it, it also takes out the effect of anybody has a five percent chance of doing something that's generally impossible. Yep. Yeah. Um it also I'm I don't know about I like you guys. the reactions. I don't know about yeah. you guys, uh but I played Pathfinder maybe like two, three years ago. I haven't played in a while, uh, played it since. Mm-hmm. Um, it made me feel very important every time I rolled because as long as you're playing to your strength, you're always rolling something above like a a 16 and whether or not it actually works. Right. In, in D&D, Numbers are bigger. Like, yeah. In D&D, it's not like, oh, uh, you know, I rolled, you can roll a three plus your modifier of three and you're at six. Whereas this game's like, well, I know I'm really good at this. Okay, I rolled a three. Oh, I got a sixteen. That sounds great. Um, Are you saying you felt that with it? Just PF2? Made me, it made me feel special. PF two, this yeah. one we did yeah. today. Yeah. It, the compared to Pathfinder one, the numbers are actually lower in some aspects. Some of them are higher, but compared to like D and D five e, it is definitely the the games are on different scale levels. Mm-hmm. I'll right. be interested to see how this how this scales with the higher characters. One of the complaints that I've heard, and I can kind of see how this would play out, is with the skills uh, being based mostly on your your ability score and your proficiency, mm-hmm. with only uh, I think four tiers of um, expertise associated. So as you as you level up, you can apply expertise as right trained, mm-hmm. master, expert, or legendary. I think is the Correct. terms. Yeah. Um, but that really only gives you a plus one to plus four bonus to that roll. Um, the one thing that you are also not necessarily s- n- seeing in there is I was, I was uh, flipping through the book and looking at um, there's different things you can do with the skill if you have those expertise levels. Okay, I missed that. Then. So like, if you're untrained in the skill, you can make a check um, for some things, but you will not make it, be able to make a check for other features of that skill and then um i wasn't seeing anything for like the legendary or higher stuff but i think it's some like i'd have to go through like a gming section to figure out because he even mentioned um when he was kind of running through the base bone rules of like unless you're trained or unless you're a master you may not be you know it might be a skill or an attempt that is just out of your knowledge scope okay so it sounds there's more behind it than just the number bonus right so it's more of a no. You have to be at least a master to be able even to check on the roll. And again, you don't get that automatic like I rolled nat twenty. What do I win? Yeah, uh, feature which I've always been kind of against. And I understand five percent chance is a five percent chance, but rolling a nineteen just as good. It just it is what it is. Yeah. So. so I'd be curious how just to see how that ends up scaling out over yes. over the levels and with a character that uh, you know the character that I played is probably not built the way I would have built it. I like to build something around a theme, mm-hmm. and this was kind of you know some of the stuff was scattered. So I think it was the design showcase what I'm sure tops of I'm sure it was is. one thing I did like. So I played the wizard, mm-hmm. um, and they had already had the spell list obviously, but also which spells were prepared for the day, so I didn't have to worry about that. Yeah. Um, but I did have some cantrips that were actually useful in combat. Hmm. Um, 
outside of uh, <coughs> you know the, my more powerful spells and the arcane focus feature that I had. Mm-hmm. I think it was the wizard staff that would allow me once per day per spell level to recast an already casted prepared spell. Oh, neat. So it kind of gives you that second uh, chance to cast some of those high-level spells mm-hmm. that you didn't have another spell slot for. It doesn't even expend another spell slot. Ooh. It just lets you recast one of your previously casted spells. So that was a cool feature. Well, it's like I, uh, I, nice. I played the fighter with the literally like sword and board, like sword and shield. Like this is like atypical fighter. I don't know how many times I was like doing stuff with the shield and like that was very involved. Like you know spending a reaction or spending an action to like make sure i pull up my shield and get the extra ac bump or like i haven't played like i haven't played pathfinder 1.0 in several years but like i don't recall ever like shields being a feature that wasn't like oh i have a shield equip it does stuff maybe i get a feat that allows me to you know throw Mm -hmm. it or do something fancy with it but uh, this had a lot more deal, dealing to it, and I thought that was cool. The other thing I noticed was I didn't, as a caster, uh, I ended up kind of going toe-to-toe with one of the enemies for yeah, a while. You um, didn't, you, and you didn't set, drop like a sack of potatoes like you, I feared you, you would. That was mostly luck with uh, bad rolls on, on the attacks, but um, I didn't have to worry too much about casting uh, adjacent with you know, an attack of opportunity or some sort of reaction because those are more limited in this game. Right, the reactions are very much limited. Like, um, did you have a like a counter spell option on your sheet? Somewhere? I didn't have anything at that at okay. this level five. No. Okay, because I know that's something that they like wizards and casters get like their reaction is a counter spell. So like they'll be able to counter spell something that okay. is going on. Whereas I was a fighter, I had the attack of opportunity option. Like if something moved away from me, I get a chance to maybe swing at it. And that's the one thing the DM mentioned was generally in this in this game, um, only more like trained fighters would your, have your something. martial characters yes. are going to be the ones doing and it. And these were constructs that that we were fighting. Yeah. So I also had a melee attack that wasn't entirely useless. Yeah. It wasn't great, you know. It's not gonna. It's not gonna stand up to what a fighter can do. But mm-hmm. I was getting grappled, and I was kind of running out of options. So I tried to bop him on the head with my staff, and uh, I ended up missing the attack. But I could have done, you know, a little bit of damage to. Right. Well, it's like uh, all of all of my uh, attacks or all my weapons were piercing weapons, and that was not good against oozes. Yeah, it's not good against oozes. We learned that the fast so and hard way. <laughs> it was nice knowing that, even though I don't, uh, you know, I'm not trained in unarmed fighting or anything like that, that you could just jump quick over to unarmed fighting and not go get, to not get someone. Yeah, you can actually, it. I mean, you don't get as much damage, but you can actually and make the not attempt. get rocked real quick. Right. Um, and then uh, ultimately, we also play, we because we did pick up Final Hour, we did run through... Uh, a game of it. We did. Uh, we ran through a quick game. Um, we did three rounds, um, and then because of time, even though it only takes like an hour to play, mm-hmm. um, it, it took burning, a little while. Burning for through us the is, rules. Yeah, it took us a while to set it up, read the rules, all that fun jazz. Uh, we set that up. We played through two, two or three rounds. Um, I could say already, I like it. Um, it seems. I'm intrigued. It's very fast paced. Yeah. And um, I noticed that 
you can quickly get rid of all of the monsters and everything and then just as quickly put them all right back on so it's a never-ending right back and forth until you get to the end of the game um so i would definitely suggest checking that out um we will probably end up doing a review at it on it at some point um, uh expect sooner than later on that just because oh, definitely but um one to four players, um, 30 to 60 minutes. And, like, 30 minutes is like, yeah, things have gone really wrong really fast, like a standard Arkham game. But the the, the there's a couple pieces, like, I, I want to talk a little bit more about it. But ultimately, um, it, I think it has a niche in the sense that this is the fast Arkham game that isn't bloated with a bunch of rules. And it's... Um, mm-hmm. I think setup is the probably the most complicated part of the game. Yeah. Is just making sure you do the setup correctly and walk your steps through it. Mm. Um, I know once I get familiar with the game, like maybe set third third time through, I'll have the, a quick setup and it'll be fine. But mm. the first two or three, it's going to take a little like, okay, step one, step two, step three, make sure I, I don't miss a beat. Yeah. But then once you're playing, like the rounds are almost simultaneous. Everybody gets to do, you know, every round four thing four things happen. You bid kind of in a gloomhaven sort of initiative order to figure out whose card goes off first, second, third, fourth. And then okay, once you've bid, who's going first? Flip that card, do the thing. Yeah. So um it's very fast and then there the board kinda has its revenge turn on you and then you reset and go again. Mm-hmm. And it is no more than eight rounds because that is how m- it is literally stacked, like with a round counter. Yeah. And if you don't, if you run out, you got to stop the ritual. So mm-hmm. um, it gives you that back against the fall feeling of Arkham in 60 minutes or less, it seems like. And it's not a boast. It really does. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll dive more, play more, figure out what, uh, what we really like, what we really don't like about it, and bring that in a review episode coming mm-hmm. up soon. But uh, the main reason that we are still up right now at uh, 3.30 in the morning yep. uh, is because we went and did a uh, an escape room um, yeah. about two blocks down the road. That was good. Um, I've done... Way too many escape rooms. Um, no record holder, no like triple digits, but I'm definitely in the good, like, I think, two dozen now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm starting to like now branch out like, okay, I've exhausted a lot of them in our local area. So when I travel, I always try to like, hey, is there a, is there a room that seems really cool or interesting in this area? Mm-hmm. Um, and then explore and do it. So Gen Con, we're here for five tastes. Let's do a room at least. Yeah, we did, um, I don't, what was the name on it again? Um, uh, Escape the Room Indie. Well, uh, Escape the Room Indie, and then it was... Um, oh, the um, IU Time Warp. It's the Indiana University Time Warp. Uh, yeah. Which is kind of themed off of their bicentennial, which is next year. Mm-hmm. So they're running a uh, very, very Indiana University themed room based on yeah. the, the the loose plot was... Um, Back in like 200 years ago, um, there was a big fire, which was a, th- a thing that happened. And then they spent a bunch of money, rebuilt the school. And now it's like 2,200 years later that, that we're going to celebrate. But the trick was 
the f- somewhere in the past, the money went missing to yeah. rebuild the school. So it's we had to go to in the past to find too. that money. <laughs> we had to f- go in the past, find the the lost money, and then uh, make sure uh, we fixed things and went to the future to get mm-hmm. the bicentennial reward. We won't say too much about it, other than we passed. Uh, it's fun. Yeah. Um, I've definitely done rooms that I I would highly recommend, but. I wouldn't say avoid this one either. Mm. Um, they actually have a nice lobby. The staff was very friendly, which is almost the opposite of most rooms. Mm-hmm. I will say the staffs are usually the like weakest point in most rooms. Of like, they're there, they know what you want to do, but they don't really, you know. I don't know. Yeah. They also serve drinks, including beer and wine, in the lobby. And we and can appreciate that. <laughs> and allowed us to bring our drinks into the room with us. So that was kind of a nice and touch. They did have a, like, this is a safe spot to put your drinks. You're not going to really do anything with this, like, it's table. It's not part of the game. Don't worry about <laughs> but it. But if you want to set it and make sure, you know, you're not going to knock it over, here's a spot for you. Um, I've done I've, I've done a couple rooms that are like that. Like, oh, yeah, bring all your stuff inside the room with you. That way you know where it is. And just put it in this cabinet. There's nothing, in, you know. There's no part of the game in this cabinet. It's fine. I've had one say that, and then it turns out that that was a lie. That's Um, different. (laughs) And that was bogus, so... I haven't had that uh, lie happen yet. Yeah, I can tell you places that have done it to me. But I digress. Um, No, this place was a ton of fun. Um, They um, allowed us to do a mini... B-W-E-R-R-U-N beer run uh, because yeah. <laughs> Doug and like I have been morning. looking. Yeah, we've been looking for somewhere around here to, to grab some beer. But we were busy. We were busy all day. So, I mean, we did not have time at all to go and grab anything. I don't think I walked outside except to go get lunch or dinner at the at yeah. a food truck. And I, I only walked outside, outside to, like, I don't want to walk in the convention hall. And I want to walk outside for a couple minutes mm-hmm. while I get from point A to point B. So, tomorrow, day two, more Gen Con, more fun, more events. And right now we just need more sleep. So, uh, sorry to call it early on all you, all of our listeners, but we're going to call it early. So, enjoy. Hit us up. Uh, um, I know, Ricky, you've been posting all over our Instagram. Everything all over Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can look us up, TabletopArcanum. At gmail.com. At gmail.com and or at on Twitter. Yep. On Instagram, uh, Tabletop Arcanum on Facebook. Come find us. Uh, come check out our photos. See us have all this fun. Yeah. Right. And honestly, if there's something you see that you have a question on, hit us up. Definitely. Thank you again, Doug, for uh, for being here, for yeah, being forced you. into this. You're like <laughs> our captive guest for uh, like three more days. That's great. I'm fine with it. Cool. All right. Well, that's it for day two. No, day one. Day one. Technically Full day, day one. Full day one. We're in uh, day two right we're now. We're already in day two. I need to sleep. You need yep. to sleep. We Doug, need to sleep. you need to sleep. So, good night, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> You've been listening to Tabletop Arcanum, hosted by Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, and featuring the original music by Paul Moore and Isaac Gilbert. You can follow us on most social media platforms. 
please don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. Thank you.